welcome to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Get ready to hear God, encounter the supernatural, and discover your destiny. Doug is a prophetic speaker, author, and coach whose message of love, hope, and having fun reaches people around the world. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com. Hey friends, welcome to another Spirit Connection podcast. Doug Addison here. So glad you could join me. And this is a special day because in the United States, we celebrate Thanksgiving. Each year, we take time to slow down, give thanks to the Lord for all he's done for us. And in this message, I'm going to help you no matter where you are in your life, your situation, or even in the world. And I've got some revelation that's going to help you not only get through the holidays, but also align you with what's coming for the new year. And you can apply this to any time of your life. But, you know, I don't know your situation. Maybe you're hurting. Maybe you feel stuck. Maybe you feel great. Maybe you're blessed by the Lord. You're just ready for more. You know, we've been going through some choppy times, and I'm convinced it's because the enemy is trying to stop us from entering into the Lord's plans and his purposes. And, you know, the reason that you were created is about to be revealed to you. I saw books in heaven being opened with the word purpose, the reason you were created. And God's about to do this. If he hasn't done it already, we're going to see some amazing things start to happen. So, Lord, we pray right now for that. We pray for the revelation of what you're doing right now. Pray for all the people who are in different places now, whether in amazing, blessed place or whether hurting, no matter where you are right now. Lord, I pray for each person. I pray for a breakthrough right now. Open the heavens in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, during the holidays, many people in the spirit are giving. The Lord spoke to me several years ago. What would happen if my people would live like it's Christmas every day, giving and receiving the holiday spirit. You ever notice, you know, besides the stressed out spirit at the mall where people are trying to cram in their, their, their Christmas shopping, but, you know, that's changing now with shopping online and, you know, you could, you could prepare. But what would happen if we lived as if it's Thanksgiving and Christmas all the time? We're giving thanks to the Lord. We're in the giving spirit. And I know that when I started to do this in my own life, everything, I mean, everything changed. Years ago, you know, growing up as a child, I had some bad experiences at the holiday. You know, to be honest, I didn't really look forward to the holidays. And I had amazing parents. I'm not downing anything here or trying to disrespect anybody, but we went through some rough times. But, you know, the Lord has healed me of these past wounds of the memories, and he's now restored joy. I tell you, there was a time when I would dread the holidays. Even after a childhood, I I was still carrying this bag along with me called the past. And a few years ago, the Lord showed me how I could live my life as if it's Thanksgiving and Christmas every single day, developing a lifestyle of joy and giving it to other people. You know, Thanksgiving is a, a time when we can change the spiritual atmosphere over our lives. You know, the true secret of how I'm able to hear God accurately and consistent is living this lifestyle 
as if it's Christmas and Thanksgiving all the time. Now, I do give more during the holidays, but I try to balance it out and give all the time. That's why I release the daily prophetic words, because it encourages people and brings joy. I tell you, I go all over the world and people tell me that, and it's good. And I really did start it to shift the spiritual atmosphere over myself. I, You know, God called me to do it, of course, but I wanted to shift that atmosphere. Now, that's important. You hear me talk about it? Maybe you've heard me talk about the fact that we can change the spiritual atmosphere over ourselves, over regions, and I want to say this right now, even over your holidays. You know, there's a few Bible verses that help to bring some groundwork. Galatians 6, 7, what you sow, therefore you shall reap. Also, Luke six thirty eight. give and it will be given to you, Jesus said, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, will be running over, poured into your lap, or the measure you use will be measured to you. Now, This is spiritual principles that apply to anything. So the measure that you use gets measured back to you, and what you sow, therefore you shall reap, whether it's good or bad. That's why there's a spiritual atmosphere. You don't have to be attacked by someone else or come under their bad day. You don't have to. Many are not aware that this actually exists until I started to talk about it a few years ago. And maybe you're not aware that you can even change it. You know, when you learn to identify and change the atmosphere, then you can become proactive instead of reactive. You can become offensive instead of defensive. Now, I want to be on the offense. I don't know about you. I want to be one step ahead of the plan of the enemy here. And that's what I want to help you right now. First of all, let's take a look at the spiritual atmosphere. The word atmosphere, according to dictionary.com, is a is a surrounding or a pervading mood and environment or influence. In other words, that's something that can be measured. There can be a spiritual atmosphere or the realm of the dynamic that exists around a person, a family, a house, church, a building, city, region, you name it. It can be negative or positive. It can be a vibe or a presence or a situation or a dynamic. You following me? You ever get around someone who has a closed heaven or has an open heaven? This is what I'm talking about. Here's some examples in the Bible. Genesis chapter 1. The Lord said, let there be light. Now that is where the spiritual atmosphere exploded into life. So this is showing that it actually exists. Then in the New Testament, Acts 8.8, Philip visited Samaria that was under darkness and oppression. And it says in that verse, once he came in and shifted the spiritual atmosphere, so there was great joy in that city. Jesus changed the spiritual atmosphere over a person, resulting in nearly the entire city coming to him in John chapter 4 with the Samaritan woman at the well. The spiritual realm is also referred to in the Bible as heavens or the heavens You'll see it as you start to read and notice these things. So here's how to get started. You know, wherever you are right now, you can actually shift things. Romans 8, 11. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the spirit who lives in you. Here's what you need to know. Jesus said, the kingdom of God, does not come with observation, nor 
Does someone say, here it is, or there it is? See, it's over here. Indeed, Jesus said, the kingdom of God is within you. That's Luke 17, 20 and 21. The kingdom of God is in you. The spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in you. My goodness, you know, once you get this revelation of what we have in us, then we will no longer be the tail instead of the head. I'm telling you, it will shift everything over you. So here's some ways that you can actually shift the spiritual atmosphere in your daily life. Praying does it. You can stop and pray. You can pray in the spirit, worshiping, singing songs, blessing people. Having faith can shift the spiritual atmosphere. Repenting. Removing doubt and unbelief. This is important because in Matthew 9, 25, Jesus couldn't do any miracles because of doubt and unbelief. Having grace, giving, being grateful. These are the things that shift the spiritual atmosphere. Now, people ask me about fasting. And, you know, in my own experiences, fasting works for your own soul, internal struggles. But really, radical atmosphere change does not usually happen with fasting. It happens when you become joyful, you become gracious, there's gratitude. In other words, the opposite spirit of what's coming against you is what you want to bring to shift the atmosphere. So I don't usually do fasting because it it brings a different thing that's not really designed for what we're talking about here. I'm not saying not to fast, I'm just saying to shift the spiritual atmosphere, bringing joy and the opposite spirit of what's going to work faster. So let's go deeper. There's two dimensions in the spiritual realm. Of course, we know this. The physical and the spiritual realms both are as real as each other. On earth as it is in heaven. Did you know that heaven is, I would say, not just as real as earth. I would say more real. You know, things are made up of good and evil there's struggles that we see, you know, that, that are going on right now. There's forces of darkness that don't want you to grab hold of this message, that don't want you to step into these things. Ephesians 6.12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities, against powers in the dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Paul said this, Ephesians 6.12, he said that we don't struggle with flesh and blood. So, you know, we have to be careful that we're not seeing other people as our enemies. But it does say here that we're struggling with this spiritual realm and we can change it. You can have an open heaven or a closed heaven. An open heaven refers to having clear communication and connection with the Lord. A closed heaven is when things are clogged, blocked, or stopped up. Certain People, certain places can have an open heaven or a closed heaven. Start noticing the spiritual atmosphere is what I'm talking about right here. Notice in the Bible when an entire city had closed heaven in Mark chapter 6, verses 5 and 6, Jesus said he could not even do any miracles except lay hands on a few people, and he was amazed at their lack of faith. This is amazing. Jesus himself. The Son of God could not do miracles because of an atmosphere of unbelief. People who are complaining, grumbling, having unbelief can be limiting the Lord or closing the flow of the heavens 
over themselves. Now, I'm using a new language that maybe you're used to or maybe you're not. I'm just trying to get in with the new groove of what God's doing right now and trying to do some things that's going to shift things over you. And all we have to do is come into agreement. So here's some powerful principles everyone needs to know that will shift the atmosphere over yourself. First of all, these are Bible verses. These are principles from the Bible, but I'm not going to quote the verse. I'm going to give it to you. First of all, God is for you, not against you. God does not cause bad things to happen. When we see this, it's not God at all, because God is love. If you believe, you will receive. If two agree together on earth, it will be done. What you sow, therefore, you shall reap. These are some principles that lay the groundwork on going deeper on this. So God's character is actually relational. So we want to develop a personal relationship with the Lord, God's own character. Notice this, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He portrays himself as a father, and he needs to relate with us uh, interpersonally, whether we're male or female. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, so he could relate, so we could actually relate with God on a personal level. Second Corinthians 6.18, And I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. It's not just a, a male thing. You know, sorry if it comes off that way sometimes in the Bible. The Lord created us. And there's a Hebrew word that's known as the many-breasted one that talks about God. So he's, he's both male and female, in other words, even though he portrays himself as the father and the son, he will connect with us as the God of love. And that's what's important. First John 4, 8 actually says, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Did John just say those that don't love aren't believers? Almost. I mean, it was, it's that important. You have to be careful. And I'm not saying here in a judgmental way that those that don't love aren't Christians You know, God knows your heart and, you know, he's done things in your life, but it is pretty serious. So we need to understand that God is love and we need to treat each other in this way because how we treat others is basically how we'll be treated. Now, here's a test. How do you react behind the wheel of your car? You've heard me talk about this, I think. It's important how we act when no one else is looking is actually the character test for us. I've had to go through this. I live in Los Angeles. I've lived in San Francisco. You know, you don't want to be dragged down into someone else's negative spiritual atmosphere flipping you off on the freeway. You know, especially if you have a um, honk if you love Jesus sign, a bumper sticker on the back of your car, or a fish on your car. You know, unless you're walking at high character. I don't know if I'd recommend any of those things. We want to be a good witness. So we need to be careful and overcome The thief. John 10.10 says, The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life, and they may have life in abundancy. Life to the fullest. Now that's actually the Greek word there for life is zeo. Zeo life is like a a full party-like atmosphere. But the thief comes to destroy, to steal to counterfeit the things of God. Satan divides relationships. First, he starts by us with God, 
He tries to divide people. He tries to cause things bad to happen in the world, and then people blame it on God. But God is love. You have to understand that. That's why it's so important that we not put too much emphasis on Satan. It's going on now today. There's a theology out there where we're, we're putting more effort into fighting Satan and understanding Satan as opposed to God. We end up suffering from the big devil and the small God theology. I had to get rid of that in my life. And then we can get focused on the plan of the enemy and not realize what God's doing. We need to be wise, but God's plans are always greater. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be alert and sober-minded. For your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So we want to be wise, you know, about Satan, but we don't want to focus too much on him. That way, we are not shifting the atmosphere to the negative. We need a positive view of the Lord. James 1.16 says it. Don't be deceived, my brothers. Every good and perfect gift comes down from above from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. You know, I used to blame God when bad things happened to me. I had some bad stuff happen early in my life, and I just kind of assumed it was the Lord. I never really knew. It wasn't until later in life I realized, you know what? Those things weren't the Lord at all. It was Satan, the thief, trying to make me believe those things. So many people have a negative view of God because they just don't know him as a father as the God of love. So it all boils down to all you need is love. Matthew twenty two thirty seven and 40. When Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? He replied, love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And this is the first and the uh, of the greatest commandments. But the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, we need to love God. Get rid of all those negative things that we might have in the back of our mind about them. We need to love our neighbors, not just the people we live next door to or not just the people who go to our church. We also need to love ourselves. If you don't love yourself, then you're going to be lacking. You're going to have low self-esteem and the enemy will rob you. So there's a perfect alignment here. Jesus is talking about the most important thing that all the laws of the prophets Everything, the most important commandment hangs on this. Love God, love your neighbor, and love yourself. So you can actually shift the spiritual atmosphere right now with your relationship with God. Here's how you do it. If you're struggling, maybe you already have done this and you you don't need this, but in case you do, or maybe you need to help someone else, is have a heart-to-heart talk with God like a father to a son or daughter. Make a list of things that you're not happy about if you have some issues and, you know, just go through and talk with them. At one time in my life, I had to actually sit a chair down and talk with God as if he was sitting across from me. It took time. Other times I'd had to do it through people. I had people help me through these difficult healing moments from my past. Ask God to speak to you about what's going on. Those bad times, if you had them, ask God to make himself real to you. You know, get brutally honest. Take a walk or a drive and clear the air with God. Then start to track down things that you're learning about them. You know, once you heal your relationship with love and with the Lord, then everything else will begin to flow, and then you can help others. You know, 
You can fall into the traps of the enemy, but I tell you, you could actually fall into the radical shifting of your life through having a relationship with the Lord. So we need to get a revelation of God the Father. That's what I'm talking about. You don't need to just receive Jesus. That's just a starting place. You need a revelation here. We also need a revelation of the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12.25, the Apostle Paul says, There should be no division in the body, but it's made up of equal parts and equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers. If one is honored, every part rejoices with it. You know, friends, I'm sorry to say, I believe we've lost this revelation these days. We've lost the amazing revelation that God wants to connect to us through the Spirit and that we are all one. Broken relationships inside the church, I believe, is what's holding back revivals. It's holding back what we need to step into. Once you get the revelation that we are all one, we are one body, then you won't speak against other people. You won't go out on the Internet and you know voice your opinion and crush others. So we have to be careful with this thing that's out there right now, and I call it the what's wrong with you mentality. 1 Corinthians 12 says, since we are all connected, you know, since we're connected, like the verse I just read, finding fault with others is more harmful than we might realize. So today, people might think it's normal or okay to be these spiritual watchdogs or troubleshooters. You know, you, you go into a church or visit a place and they start sniffing you out. And I feel that way sometimes. I go in and they're like, and I know that they mean well, but we want to make sure that we're not becoming a wall for people who need God. You know, the problem is that it creates a spiritual atmosphere that can be dominated by a critical spirit. And God calls us to build each other up, not tear each other down. Now, here's something to remember. That a negative focus, whatever you focus on, actually clouds your reality. If you continually focus on what is wrong with a person or a situation like people do today, you eventually convince yourself that it can't change. And whether it's based on reality or not, what you focus on continually will eventually become a reality to you. Proverbs eleven twenty seven in the New Living Translation, if you search for good, you will find favor. But if you search for evil, it will find you. There's that principle. We need to be careful on what we're focusing on as well. So now let's go to the point of my message about the holidays. God will place difficult people in your life. Read the parable of the wheat and the weeds, Matthew 13, 24. God wants you to grow up in godly character He wants you to understand that there's negative people in the world. He said it right there. Jesus said, you know, the father said, don't pull them up. Don't pull up the weeds. We need this. And, you know, there's times when God uses other people, iron sharpens iron, to help us grow in godly character. It helps keep us humble. And it helps us to be positive in a world that needs God's love. You know, if we just lived in a Christian environment with all wheat and no weeds, we would never influence anybody. And so here's how to make a positive effect on people around you. First of all, stop preaching to them. This is so important. You know, 
Stop trying to change them. If you would accept a person, whether you agree with them or not, they're more likely to be open to you later on. Accepting a person does not mean you agree with them. You don't agree with their lifestyle. You don't have to agree with possibly their sin, but it builds a bridge that shows that you care, and this is true love. The woman caught in adultery in John chapter 8 came to Jesus, and some people argue with me, yeah, he told her to go and sin no more. Oh, no, he didn't say that right up front. He had to first build the bridge with her. He had to get rid of the judgmental voices that were there, and he even said to those around him, you know, those without sin cast the first stone. So here, Jesus is actually shifting the spiritual atmosphere over her by regaining trust, by not judging. By Jewish law, she should have been stoned. But he overrode that to build a bridge with her. Then he could say, where are your accusers? I have none. And you got to realize he also removed the accuser of the brethren. and he had removed Satan from accessing her for a moment so that she could receive true forgiveness. Neither do I condemn you, Jesus said. Go and sin no more. Now, and that's a process, so I want you to study that. Realize that you have a choice in how you respond. You have a choice to be part of building people up or tearing them down. So we need to make a lifestyle possibly whenever it's safe. Now, there's sometimes you need to be careful, but we need to get into a lifestyle of blessing over cursing or blessing over tearing down. Now, this may help to understand that God has a job and we have a job. Jesus said in John 16, verse 8, the Holy Spirit will come and convict the world of guilt and regard to sin. But God's task is to convict them Our task is what Jesus said in Matthew 22, love God with all your heart, all your might, love your neighbor as yourself. So when we get it backwards, we're out there these days trying to convict people of sin instead of loving them. We honestly are putting things backwards and we're trying to do God's job instead of our own. I tell you, this is why evangelism and outreach stopped working. This is why. People don't know who God is. They want to know who God is. They don't know that God is love. If we be showing love, then that's the answer. Who's God? When they come around people like me, my teams, the people I train, or maybe you, if you are a lover of people, then they will come around you and they want what you have. And they're not questioning who God is so much. They're wanting God in your life because you've been demonstrating God's love and patience with them. So it may be strange at first. I had to live this message out several years ago when God began to speak to me, my own daughter, and I didn't agree with some of the stuff she was into. And yeah, we were fighting all the time. And one day the Lord said, would you just love her and listen to her and let me convict her? Well, it was strange at first. In fact, we had a few outings together, you know, and we went out and the date time, dad, daughter, date time. And And I began to just let her open up and talk. She didn't trust me at first, of course. But then, you know, once I started finding out what was really going on inside of her, then I knew how to pray. I knew how to support her. And her life started to change because the spiritual atmosphere was shifting over her life. And it shifted over our relationship. And we went from fighting 
and me wrestling with her beliefs and things that she did into becoming friends. And then love came in. And to this day, I tell you, she tells me that she was ready to give up on Christianity, but wasn't for me and my wife who have shown her the love of the Lord. And it's shifting the atmosphere now over her life. I want to tell you, this is what we need to do, if at all possible. So here's how to deal with difficult people in your life. There will be some. Proverbs 15 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. I think you need to get that on the fridge. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger, especially on the internet. You know, you don't have to agree with a person, but maybe when you get around someone, maybe you've been wounded by them. You want to limit your time and be careful with it. You want to have boundaries, but here's a way right now. If you have a difficult person in your life and especially around the holidays, you can limit yourself. Maybe you have the opportunity to bless them or maybe picture the most difficult person in your life right now. Now, see them having a radical encounter with God, possibly like you did. What types of gifts or callings would they be into? You know, would they, what types of ministries, or I'm not saying they had to go into ministry, but, you know, start to picture them, what their gifts are. What would they do? Would they be in service? Would they do, you begin to do that type of thing. Then you gain God's perspective for this person before they actually get there. So I had to do this with difficult people. I I remember when I had a job, and I didn't like the job. I you know I had to change my attitude towards the people first. Then I got set free. I remember back in I think it was 1993. I'd already you know had a radical encounter with Jesus, and I was working my corporate job. And I knew how to call a ministry. Everyone knew how to call a ministry on my life. I just didn't know how to get out of my corporate job. You know, and I didn't know how to get into that. And the Lord said to me one day, he said, listen, I will release you to go do the things that you're called to do once you start doing what you do at church at your work. And I'm like, what? He goes, well, yeah, sure. Pray and fast. Do the things for people. Start to love people here. I was living in San Francisco. I was working in San Francisco. That, that wasn't exactly the Christian area, you know, and it was pretty bizarre. But I began to love I begin to help people. I remember walking by this man who was a homosexual and the Lord had spoken to me. He says, I want you to, he was on the phone talking, you know, and, and he needed help. And I had a truck. So I, I helped move some things. In fact, it was pretty bizarre. I heard the Lord. I mean, I knew this was the Lord. And he said, I want you to go help that man. And he was someone that worked for me. And so I said, I'll help you. I have a truck. He goes, Oh, great. I'm moving my waterbed into my partner's department this week, and uh, it'd be great to help me. I'm like, you know, I bind you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. That couldn't have been the Lord. Back then, I didn't understand this. The Lord said, no, I want you to do this. So I, I did. I went that weekend and moved the waterbed and, you know, even helped him put it together. I felt like I was an accomplice or something. You know, I really felt weird. But I tell you the truth. Listen, when he and his partner developed HIV, I was the first and only that they came to. I tell you, there's something God wants to do that's beyond our understanding, and love conquers all. You don't have to agree with anything. Now, I was having a bad time at that job, but it wasn't until I shifted the spiritual atmosphere and I began to pray and fast for the money 
of the president of the company I worked for. He wasn't a believer. We didn't even get sick pay. You know, it really, it was rough. But I began to pray and fast and get words of knowledge. And it set things free and it shifted the spiritual atmosphere. And when it was time for me to go into ministry a year later, they actually supported me. I tell you, it was the weirdest thing because I shifted that spiritual atmosphere. So, you know, right now, if there's someone that maybe you don't get along with or, you know, whatever it is, you can actually change a bad relationship right now by changing the way you view or respond to it. I remember having another boss I really didn't get along with, and this was actually in a ministry that I worked for years later. And I couldn't change jobs at the time, and I knew that the Lord had me there, and I knew it was a situation to bring growth in me, but I tell you, it was hard to get along with this guy. I almost quit, and I would have missed my destiny. So I prayed for grace to deal with him, the difficult boss. I asked the Lord to give me his perspective that I would view the job as a means to get to where I need to be, that I would view the job as a ministry, and I would honor. And the spiritual atmosphere then began to shift every day, not because this person changed, but because I changed the way I viewed it. I tell you, you can change overnight. You can change instantly right now. In fact, some people, your spiritual atmosphere is changing about relationships and understanding even in this podcast. So it's important to recognize that there are some toxic relationships and you do need to set boundaries. Maybe there's people you don't get along with. Maybe they hit your wounds from the past. Uh, You want to limit yourself with those types of people. And maybe you're going through a time of extending forgiveness. They may, maybe they won't ever you know, receive that. So you'll need to get help with things like that. And you can stay in God's presence with people around you who are in chaos. I don't know if you heard that. Can I say it again? You can stay in God's perfect peace. This is what he's calling to you. When people around you are in chaos, this is why Jesus walked on the storm. You know, he walked on the water during the storm. Another time he he calmed it down and slept through it. I tell you, this is shifting the spiritual atmosphere. And you can extend forgiveness to a person. Maybe you need to do that. They don't have to be alive. You don't have to agree with them. But you can change any relationship right now. And you can change the spiritual atmosphere over your relationships by finding something positive about them finding ways to bless them, bless those who curse you, right? And when you change your own perspective, then you gain back the power to be able to maintain, to be able to have peace and pray. So you might need to get out of the negative spin by focusing on the positive and not the negative. When I went through this with my wife, you know, we we were having a rough time. And then, you know, we decided to look at the positive things that God has shown us about each other. I tell you, you start focusing on the negative in anything. That's all you'll see. You start focusing on the positive and begin to pray into it each day. The spiritual atmosphere will change. Philippians 4, 8 and 9 says it well. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about these things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. I want to say this. 
whatever you've learned or seen or, you know, from me even, or anybody around you who's doing something good, put it into practice and let the God of peace be in you. Focus on these things, the noble character, doing what is right, doing the pure things, whatever is lovely. Focus on those things, and that will help you develop what I call the positive kingdom perspective. God is positive. He really is. He's for you. And we can use the strategy that I call flipping things. When you see something negative happen, I tell you it's not God's will. God's will is opposite of that. And so what you can do is you can step back and go, uh-uh, I'm not going to do this. Then you can flip it and flip it good. You could do that. You could change the spiritual atmosphere. I remember driving to work and I had forgotten something and I had to go drive all the way back home with Los Angeles traffic and it was horrible. And I decided, wait a minute. Why am I upset? The enemy's trying to do this. So I put on some worship music and listened to another, you know, an opportunity to listen to something and prayed and arrived at work with more peace because I shifted my spiritual atmosphere. One thing you want to do is drop out of the grumblers club. You know, when you start blessing others, it's going to happen that you can't help it. But grumbling and complaining, I tell you, I know people tend to use it as a stress thing, but you don't want to do it because of the what you sow, you shall reap factor. So the spiritual principle applies to nearly every area of your life. You want to develop grace, gratitude, generosity. These are the things that are going to shift the atmosphere over you. These are the things that are going to give the devil a black eye. I tell you, will more than anything else, it will open things up. And you combine these, what I'm talking about right now, with love. And when you begin to put in more compliments than complaints, make a decision on how you're going to respond ahead of time. Take a time out if you have to. You know, take a drive, take a walk, go outside. With your, you know, you, maybe you're flooded with some stuff that happens with you. Then take a time out and come back in and figure it out. There's a spirit of blessing and reconciliation that needs to rule over the condemnation and correction that's going on right now. Okay, let me close with this. I want to recommend a fast or a diet that I live on all the time. You know, I don't do a lot of fasting, but I fast from negativity. Yep, that's what you want to do. That's the diet at the holidays I recommend. Or better yet is go on the negative-free lifestyle. But if if you need to do this again, if you've already known me talking about this, then do it again. You know, for the next three weeks, I want you to fast from negative thoughts, negative talk, anything about yourself or other people. When you find yourself doing it, get a prayer, find some Bible verses to support what you're doing. Or what I do is I do a blessing. I carry like gift cards, like Starbucks cards. I get up for $5 each or something, you know, just enough, you know, to shift the atmosphere over people, over myself as well. So when you catch yourself doing some negative things, you could actually shift the spiritual atmosphere. Right now, as we're going into the holidays, I want to invite you to have Thanksgiving and Christmas every day of your life. I want to do that right now. Lord, I pray for each person now listening to my voice. I pray for this impartation that's already happened. Something has shifted in the spiritual atmosphere over you. Something is going on right now. There's power coming. Lord, bring the revelation that we need. Bring the healing 
to those areas of the past where the enemy has gotten in and robbed us. Bring the healing to the relationships around the table at Thanksgiving or in the holidays. Bring us out of those places where the thief has come to steal, kill, and counterfeit. I pray right now that you would bring blessing over curses. I pray that things would shift now on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to invite you, if you want to go deeper on this, I've got a training that's called How to Shift the Spiritual Atmosphere Over Your Relationships. And it's on my website. I, I'm not trying to sell things, but I was just thinking, you know, that's that's probably going to take you deeper on this. And you happen to be listening on Thanksgiving weekend, then you'll see that we're doing a special 60% off all the way through Black Friday uh, and then all the way through Cyber Monday. We're doing a special right now. If you're listening on later on, then, you know, just go to my website, look around. I tell you, there's something about to happen in your life. I'm so excited. Want to hear back? Check in with us online. And if you haven't done so already, I want you to download my free ebook, Four Keys That Change Your Life. And these are some of the keys right now. So if you can't afford anything, download the free ebook at least, and then get those four keys into your life. All right, everybody. Hope you have a great holiday. Love you all. Thanks for listening to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com.